It's time for another edition of Dome and Domer, the only podcast for Notre Dame fans by Notre Dame fans. If you're looking for cogent analysis and unbiased opinions backed by careful reporting, you've come to the wrong place. For the next 20 minutes or so, you'll get a fan's perspective on the Fighting Irish without all the normal spin from the so-called professional analysts. It's Dome and Domer. Now, here are your hosts, Mike Brammer and Ed Jordanic. Hello, Irish fans, and welcome to another edition of Dome and Domer. My name is Mike Brammer. Joining me tonight, Mike Coffey from IndyNation.com. And uh, Coffey, I guess let's just start with a little bit of controversy. I don't know that this is, but the spread's only three and a half points. Does that surprise you, or do you think that's way too low, or is that even an issue? I think if Kyle Hamilton was playing, we'd probably see something closer to a touchdown, maybe a little bit more. Uh, the The thing with North Carolina is they were supposed to do so well in the preseason. They, they were thought of so highly, and then they just absolutely crashed right out of the gate, and they haven't been playing well at all. I know that they've – I mean, I, I, I believe North Carolina is the next-to-last team this season – that will have a bye before they play Notre Dame. So I don't know whether that's factoring in or not. Uh, but I, I think our good performance on offense last week, notwithstanding, I, I there are probably some people out there who Notre Dame has yet to convince uh, that they can score a whole lot of points. And with uh, Hamilton being out and the defense possibly being hampered, I could see where they would have a spread below five. Yeah, I I, I think it kind of makes sense to be honest with you. I don't think it's out of whack. Um, you know, you know, it's kind of interesting. I, I attended the game last week, so I was there in the end zone, facing the uh, jumbotron at least. And uh, you know, that definitely does make a big difference. By the way, I don't want to get off topic here, but man, has college football changed, especially at Notre Dame Stadium? Oh, certainly. That jumbotron, totally different game and atmosphere. You know, I think the night games, you got a lot younger people there, so it tends to be a louder game than you know your afternoon games. But the point I was going to make is watching the game live from the end zone, where you kind of have that view where you're just seeing the line and you see the holes. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't see the line of scrimmage like you do on TV. I, I'll be honest with you. I walked away from the stadium kind of like, oh, God, man, that was kind of nice and lucky to get out of there. But then I went home and watched the replay on TV, and I felt a lot better. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what that says about the two different perspectives. But, um, you know, well, I, I, do- I, I think you and I had the exact same reaction because I was in the opposite end zone from you. I was uh, in the southwest corner uh, up in the new section and it was the same kind of thing where you could see i mean there didn't seem to be a lot of movement on the offensive lines like when i looked up at the scoreboard and i or the scoring ribbon and i saw that uh kyron williams had like oh almost 135 yards and uh so I, was, I really was kind of I had the same impression you did i kind of walked out saying wow that was probably closer than i thought it was going to be although uh, without Josh Lugg's holding penalty, I probably yeah, I would have hit our uh, yeah, you would have hit I, I, right I would have hit the, the prediction head. contest right on. So <laughs> right on the head. I, I guess there's different ways you can win 31 to 16. As weird as that sounds, exactly. I mean, the game was seven points in the fourth quarter, and you know the missed extra point. I don't care what anybody says. That's deflating. Um, not in a, not in a big huge way, but 
and from a if think about it, if it was a home game for USC and they missed that extra point, the whole place goes silent. You yeah. know. So, anyways, but, but they made a lot of really odd errors. I mean, the, the, yeah. and I know a lot's been written about it, but like, like the clock management at the end of the first half. When they got the ball back, when Andy went up 31 to 16, it's like you really didn't get an impression of, of what their plan was. There was yeah. these weird like running plays and a couple pass plays. And you, they didn't have the. You didn't look at that team and think, "Wow, th- these guys are down 13 or 15 or whatever it is. It's it's two scores. There's four minutes left. They really want to try to get this done." They just were just kind of there. I mean, you, maybe they were thinking, "God, it's 75 degrees out and." LA and yeah, we're freezing yeah. our bippies off here. I mean, I, I don't know. They, they didn't seem to have a lot of focus, which certainly didn't hurt us. Yeah. And there was some major mistake. I mean, they clearly, they left six points uh, out there on the field that they easily should have had um, with that clock mismanagement, like you said, the missed field goal. Um, but even the, the penalties, you know, like pushing Tyron's helmet down, like way after the play, like just made no sense why the guy even did it. But, you know, I guess well, it's a, it's no a, money has ever been lost underestimating the discipline level of a Southern yeah. Cal Trojan. Yeah. Team. So, I mean, there's, there's some frustration coming out, I think, was what, what was going on. But anyways, um, you know, uh, quickly to Kyron Williams. I mean, I thought by far his best game run of the football in terms of not just I, I thought he missed a couple of reads, you know, sitting back where, you know, we were. You can see the line in the hole and, uh, you know, watching it live. I thought he missed a couple. When I went to watch the replay, it wasn't as bad as I thought. But the point is is that there were so many instances where he gets extra yards because he makes that first guy miss. And and then he's got just great vision in terms of where do I go to get the most yardage in terms of angles even. You know, he's just got that – his ability to juke the first guy but then pick up speed almost like – starting out in fourth year. It's amazing. And, and I think that's a, a tribute to him. I, I thought they threw the stap up in the game of how much yardage he gained after contact. And it's, it's amazing what he does. Um, but he, he clearly is, you know, he, he's a guy headed to the NFL. That's for sure. Well, God um, knows with this line, I think uh, that's a very valuable skill. To yeah, have. That's what I mean. Like in terms of what he did now, I, I do think, and I do think we're going to find this out Saturday. I do think the, the, at least the left side of the line is clearly making some progress. I mean, there is some clicking going on, and, and I think that you know we're getting to that point where things are starting to straighten out a little bit. Um, but I think this is the whole reason why three and a half points doesn't surprise me. If if you know North Carolina was top ten preseason, right? I mean, they had like a Absolutely. great quarterback. They got a stud wide receiver. He's every bit as good as the kid we just faced at USC. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you look at the numbers, I mean, they're putting up 37 points a game, averaging 471 yards and almost, you know, 270, 272 yards passing. Mm-hmm. So we got two safeties back there that clearly are a notch below Hamilton. And I certainly personally, I, I think, I don't know if you caught it, but, Houston Griffith was coming to the sideline, and Kelly was not happy at all. No, not and at Houston all. Houston was it's... just trying to calm him down, you know, hitting his chest. I got this. Don't worry about it. I'm all right. Well, and I think he was frustrated. I think, you know, he's out of place a couple times. 
And, um, you know, it's just one of those things where. Well, this this is a preview of what we're going to see next. I mean, there's no chance Hamilton's coming back for another year. I mean, there's a school of thought that says even if he does, his ankle or does heal up, uh, does he sit out? For the rest of the, I mean, I I think there's a lot of players now, especially with the advent of the playoff system and bowls not meaning what they used to. There are a lot of players who are saying, you know, if I'm not playing for something meaningful, why take the chance? I mean, yeah, Jim Smith. I mean, we all saw what happened to him against Ohio State, and yeah, you know, this is a real problem. And I, I mean, I'm I think that's what's going on more than the injury right now. It's the discussion. <laughs> it's kind of like okay. I don't think he could have played this weekend anyway, even if he wanted to. No, I don't, I don't think, think he's, I don't think he's a hundred percent. There's no way you put him out there. No. Um, if he would be hundred percent the following weekend, then I think maybe we will see him if we win Saturday. Um, it's certainly and, possible. I mean, I, I think against a team like Navy, you want an experienced safety out. Yeah, you, someone you who got to have him. You need can, him just with his athletic ability. Cause he will make a yeah. difference against Navy. Um, without him, we could be in a little bit of trouble. Um, n- not to say that we're going to lose, but it, that game will definitely be pretty close. But I, I tend to agree with that. I think Hamilton's worth, you know, four points on the spread. Easily. Yeah. Easily. I mean, I, I think there's no doubt about it, especially North Carolina. Um, now, having said that, I, I, the one thing that worries me is you have those certain games where things just don't click offensively, mm-hmm. and this is the time where we can't have that. Um, no, that would be a real problem Saturday night if we just can't get it going and we can't click. And, and I think it comes down to running the football. If we, if we can't run the football effectively, we're going to be in deep trouble. Um, Absolutely. And and I, there's been a lot of talk about this new up-tempo passing offense and stuff like that, which on a lot of drives looked good, but there were a couple three and outs where it just didn't look good, which where it didn't look good. And unlike Southern Cal – North Carolina's had the they were sitting at home watching the game on TV and you know their defensive coordinator says okay well this it may have been new new for Southern Cal but it ain't going to be new for us so they're going to have a chance yeah. to look at a little film at least and try to throw some more wrinkles in so were you kind of surprised at the lack of utility of uh, Buckner at all or did that just did the game no. dictate that it just didn't <clears throat> I don't know I, I like that he's getting some experience out there i like that 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 they weren't just limiting him to running plays uh let's not forget unless there's some kind of a major change in the schedule next year uh we're opening up out in uh out in uh, columbus and you don't want buckner's first true game action to be out there i mean heck i would like uh buckner to start the ball game I, that's yeah, my philosophy. I, yeah, I, I'd I love for no, no matter who the bowl opponent is, it's not going to be in the playoffs. So it, at the end of the day, it it matters, but it doesn't. I think getting him big game experience is going to be crucial. So I, I, I'm not surprised they. I, I thought at the very least they had they had a plan. There were times when you knew Cohen was coming out. There were times when you knew Buckner was coming out, and they seemed to have a good battle plan, and they stuck to it, which. Considering what has happened during some seasons, I think it's, it's tempting if things seem to be falling apart. Oh, we, we got to go. We got to do this. No, they um, uh, Cohen was the guy between the tens. And then 
once you got up into the red zone, Buckner got in there. And, and it is just so amazing how much more effective our running game is with Buckner in there. It's just unbelievable. Well, the, the weak side end has got to stay put. I mean, that, there's just no coming down when Buckner's in there. And no, I, I saw that just plain as day against USD. I mean, he, his responsibility when Buckner comes in the game is you got him one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, that I thought was key. Uh, I, I I tend to agree with you. I think Buckner's definitely starting. As long as we're not in the playoffs, he's starting that, that ball game. And if he doesn't, then something weird's going on. Well, um, I, 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 I think he definitely should. I mean, I could see why you would have Cohen start, but I think if, if you're looking at the future, if, if you're looking at 2022, and like I said, that opener in Columbus – you want Buckner to get, I, I, he should get a start somewhere down the road, yeah. be it. Um, yeah. I don't know if, I don't know if it would be Navy. I don't know if it would be, um, well, I don't think, think it definitely wouldn't be Virginia. It's not Virginia, but it might be Stanford. You, you would maybe. hope that maybe we can get a start from him in Stanford and then see how it goes. Or at least a solid quarter of meaningful yes. play. And, not yeah. rap, not and, like and I think, Look, he's going to need to be out there for an extended period where things aren't going right and he stays in the game. You know what I mean? Like, absolutely. You got to have that because he's got to be able to respond in the moment as to what's mm-hmm. going on. And the idea that his first action and responding to it is going to be at, at Ohio State doesn't, it just doesn't sound like a real good idea. Um, no, I but, agree. Definitely. You know, look, I, I get that they want him to be at a certain point, and I, I think that's going to be another key, um, interesting angle and story that comes from this game, uh, because it, it you need him to have some meaningful minutes, and I just, you know, I think, you know, three series isn't going to do it with, you know, one of those being a short series. Um, mm-hmm three or four maybe he got in for a fourth series i can't remember but anyways i I just thought that he was gonna play a little bit more than that um but you know look you got to win and winning was what matters at the end of the day and so you know the coaching staff knows what they're doing so i know what they know what they're dealing with Uh, i i did think i was happy to see the other freshmen though get some meaningful playing time styles looks like the real deal i mean he's got a burst of speed and uh you know he returned kickoffs so obviously he, he carries that speed but um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if Tyree gets some significant carries. Um, you know, will he be the true number two Saturday night? Hopefully. Well, I, I, I don't think they would necessarily be rushing him back. I mean, turf toe is one of those kind of injuries that really can linger, especially if you try to come back too fast. And I think the depth we have right now at running back means Tyree doesn't really have to rush. He can, he can come. I, I think he's coming back next year regardless so oh, yeah. sure. I think yeah. it, it, it behooves him to really make sure that his foot is good and everything's all right. Uh, so I I could see him saying, you know, maybe, but but then again, a competitive kid. So I yeah, you, I think if he's a hundred percent, I think he's definitely going. Sure, but you're right. If he if he still got some lingering, he'd be stupid to come out and you know just do nothing but re-injure it. Yeah, no, um, absolutely. You'd want to hope that he's a hundred percent. I, I would like to see Styles uh, and the other kid, um, number sixteen, get some more touches. That would be kind of good. I, you know, I got to tell you, I'm I'm a little half and half with Kevin Austin because I just, man, that drop over the middle, it was definitely yeah. a bit behind him. I, personally, I didn't think Cone threw the ball as well as he could have. I mean, 
Even sure. on the touchdown that he threw, the ball was behind it, the guy. Yeah, but but it, it it does seem a little. It, it, Kevin Austin's got great abilities, but it does. It seems like every now and then there'll be a play where it just doesn't seem like his head's in the game. And yeah, I, it's kind of weird. It's, it's um, when you have people was, like Colsey and Styles pushing him yep. for like, so, okay, these guys are in the mix now. These guys are going to be getting meaningful reps and meaningful time. And yeah, Kevin, you make one or two bad drops. Your ass is going to be on the bench, and Styles is going to be out there to show us what he can do. That's right, and so that, that's the whole. Uh, I, I think really since 2016, you can look at the benefit that we've had, and it's been the recruiting, it's been the competition at practice, it's been that is true. You know th- that these guys have somebody behind them pushing them now, and um, and that's a big deal. But you know, it, it's just kind of weird because he's such an unbelievable talent. Like he had a couple big time catches in the game. Uh, but then he's also got, you know, it's almost like he's good for a drop every game. Mm-hmm. Um, or like you say, it's like, he's not into it. There was one throw that he got, uh, a interference on, but he didn't even look like he was going to make anywhere near the catch just because mm-hmm. he wasn't positioned right. Sure. So it kind of bailed him out on that call. And, and it is weird. It just seems to happen. You're right. He kind of like disappears. You know, the uh, the guy that I was sitting with, uh, the classmate of mine, uh, Gary O'Brien, he, uh, he he played middle linebacker, and so he's mm-hmm. a guy that knows his football. But he made a comment to me that, you know, I kind of – he said it before the game, but he said, hey, look, you know, I, I like Foskey as well, but, man, sometimes he disappears. And so I started watching him, and, and he's right. I mean, Foskey mm-hmm. kind of goes at it hard sometimes, and when he does – He's a stud, man. He is really tough to block. Now, I don't know if it's scheme with the defense and he's being given signals as to when mm-hmm. to go crazy for the quarterback and when not to. Mm-hmm. But there there are definitely times where he's just not making a hard rush. And, you know, I don't know if that's intentional, if it's like just responsibilities, but boy, he mm-hmm. is a heck of a talent when he's getting after it because he's so athletically strong. He makes really good moves with his hands. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's a guy that shows it just by the number of sacks that he's got right now. Sure. Well, and, and you also wonder how, how much uh, Maris Leofile would make, how, how much of a difference that would make with him in yeah. the front seven. I mean, yeah. that's that's a guy who's a di- – I mean, speaking of guys who could affect like four to five points a game. I th- And now, granted, it's good that we'll have him next year uh, – to kind of bolster the front seven. I mean, I, I think our recruiting right now is very good, but those guys are going to be kind of young and they're yeah, going to need a, a difference maker in the front seven to really uh, make things move. I think the, the silver lining here of Hamilton being out is a lot of these guys are getting, getting experience and we're going to see, because when you have a player like him available, you don't sit him uh, in deference of what next year is going to be like. Well, now we have to sit him, and so now these guys are hopefully getting their growing pains done now, and so by next year, it won't be like, oh, God, we don't have Hamilton. Whatever are we going to do? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I, I do think we're in for a tight game. Um, it, it, I'll let you go first. What do you predict? I picked 31 to 23 in our contest. So, and I don't see any reason. Nothing has happened this week to change my mind. So, uh, I think it's going to be closer than last week. I think uh, North Carolina defense 
isn't that, at least statistically, is not that much better than SC's, but their offense definitely is. The coaching certainly is. And Sam Howell's the kind of guy that if he comes out and he's on track and he's moving, then it's it may be a barn burner. So we're going to have to see. Like 31-23 ND is what I'm picking. Okay. I got a little tighter on that. I got 30-27, and I, and I, and I think it's going to be a late Notre Dame score to get the win. <laughs> oh, looking for us to score last. Oh, um, my, car- my cardiologist has wanted to upgrade his <laughs> yeah. boat. He'll be thrilled. But, um, you, you know, like you say, I, I, well, look, I, I, if, if they're watching game film the last week, expect them to come out with some quick hits to the wideouts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously we're going to allow that. Yeah. And, we, um, th- that, that out pass was happening all game. And I don't, I, I don't know if we maybe solved it a little bit better in the second half, but I just got so frustrated with those quick outs with the blocker out ahead and, it, it just seemed we, we never really shut that play down. I'm surprised they didn't go to it more than they did. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so you're going to see some of that. And so it'll be interesting to see kind of the halftime adjustments for, for both teams. But, um, but, but again, I think we win. I, I think we got that kind of momentum going where we're just kind of destined to win. And uh, you kind of assume that because it's a home game, that's going to give us that angle. But in any event, we'll find out who knows. Uh, as always with the Irish and, <laughs> and these kind of situations, <laughs> sometimes it gets to be like not exactly how we like a 20 yep. point halftime lead. So we can kind of coast. Yes. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. It'll be a lot of fun though. I think it'll be a great game as right. well as, you know, there's a game going on same time as us. Mm-hmm. And then you got Michigan, Michigan state at noon. So, um, it's a great yeah. college football weekend. That's for sure. That's for sure. No doubt. Yep. All right, good. We'll enjoy it. Uh, thanks for listening. You've been listening to Dome and Doman, an online conversation about Notre Dame sports from a fan's perspective. For Mike Coffee, I'm Mike Brammer. Thanks for listening.